Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and just Brian Haydad here. Robbie Falk up there in Oxford. Thanks for joining me here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru of Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or, of course, at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. It'd be sort of weird if Brupolo was in... Woodville. Brewville would work, though. That's a, that's a good name. Wherever you are in our great state, all the way up I-55 and all the way across I-20, you can always get Strange Brew Coffee House delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and place your order there for free for shipping. I don't know if it's free or not, but you know it should be. It should be. I, I, I would go to bat for you guys on that one. But get it. Get it delivered and have it every morning. That's Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else. Because only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, the place where you find Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. Tacos like you've never had anywhere else. Tacos you can't get anywhere else, only at Humble Taco, and all of them on the famous sweet potato tortilla. Who else has that? Come on. Nobody else has given you a sweet potato tortilla. It's good, too. Did I say tortilla? Tortilla? I almost did. I think I went full dad there. Tortilla. Tia. We'll get it figured out. Next time you're in Starkville, or if you live here, man, make a trip to Humble Taco. Looking for a great suggestion for lunch? How about Firehouse Subs? As we have determined here, it is the Patrick Swayze of subs. That means it's the best. The king. You should go get two meatball subs. Get me two. Two, There are locations to serve you all across the state. They're in Starkville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. Download the Firehouse Subs app, place your order. It's ready within minutes, and you can pile up reward points so you're eating free at Firehouse Subs. I felt it in my bones, ladies and gentlemen. I said that State would take this series, but I'm, gonna li- I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was not confident in that prediction whatsoever. We'll see what happens. Still two games to play, but not a good start for the Bulldogs. 4-2 uh, in Oxford. The Rebels get the win behind a complete game, dominating pitching performance from Dylan DeLucia. Only give up five hits. Uh, two runs, both solo home runs, didn't walk anybody, and struck out eight. And like I said, a complete game for him. State, two runs on two solo homers, one from Cumbus, one from Clark. Top of the order, Jaeger through Hines, one through five. Give you a combined two for 20. Buddy, you're not beating anybody like that, let alone an SEC team. Brandon Smith, I thought, pitched well enough to win six innings for him. Struck out nine, he did walk a couple, but he got screwed well, screwed's a tough word, but it was, a, it was a tough play. But an error by R.J. Yeager, and then the ensuing batter, Kevin Graham, launches a three-run home run. Three unearned runs, that's the difference in the ballgame. Uh, beyond that, he gave up a solo home run to uh, Hayden, uh, I think it was Hayden Dunhurst. Let me double-check that. Is it Dunhurst or Leatherwood? It's obviously Dunhurst because Leatherwood never hit. State played well enough to win in the uh, on the mound, but not well enough at the plate, and you know one that one error was the difference in the game. And now... Season's on the brink. That's where you are if you're Mississippi State. You're six and uh, six and ten now in conference play. You're matched with Ole Miss, same record. If you lose this series, I, I don't see a path to Hoover. Ma- Hoover maybe, maybe, but the NCAA is no, no. We can stop. 
we can stop playing that uh that that thought process out. We can start talking about what does this team have to do next year in the portal in development to get better if they don't win tomorrow or today as you're listening. Preston Johnson on the hill for the Bulldogs. He's got to get it done. Got to get it done. A similar pitching performance to what State had tonight should be enough, but the bats have got to show up for Mississippi State. Two for 20. That's just embarrassing. Jaeger 0 for 4. James 1 for 4. Hancock 0 for 4. Tanner 1 for 4, and that was an infield single. Uh, Hines 0 for 4. You're not going to beat anybody with your top five hitters doing that. That's that. That's not. That's just not something that can happen in a college baseball game if you expect it to go your way. And give Ole Miss credit. I mean, they they weren't any better, but when State made a mistake, they pounced on it. I mean, Ole Miss only had five hits in the game, but State made one mistake and they pounced on it. Normally, when we talk about these teams, we say you know you can't afford to make mistakes because they're both so good. You uh you just you know if you make a mistake you're in trouble. This is you're they're just so both teams are so bad that the team that makes the mistake can't come back from it. And that's what this game that's how this game played out uh, for the Bulldogs. First loss in Oxford since 2015. Um, just not a lot to say. One of the quickest ball games you'll ever see, by the way. Do they have the time? Two hours and 23 minutes. That's what happens when nobody walks and everybody's striking out. How many strikeouts did State have total in this game? Nine for uh, 11 total. So nine for Smith. Tuller got one. He only faced one batter and got him. And then Fristo pitched the final inning in a third. The bullpen actually wasn't terrible tonight. You know, they they kept the game at four to two. Uh, but they just they couldn't get anything going with the bats. Very similar, in my opinion. Very similar to Sunday's game against Auburn, that you pitched well enough to win. The only difference in this one is you never had the lead. Ole Miss got the lead in the first inning and never gave it back. And so now State, you know, Luke Hancock, after the game, quoted as saying, you know, hey, this isn't the Egg Bowl. You don't have to wait a year. Get to play them again tomorrow, and that's good for us. And then that's that's the right mentality to have. We'll see if they can get it. But that's two games in a row that the bats have just gone silent for Mississippi State. And as my, my podcast partner keeps pointing out, against starting pitching, State's been good when they've been able to get into people's bullpens. That's when they've been able to get leads and expand on them. They have not done well against starting pitching. And, of course, Ole Miss – you know, didn't have to go to the bullpen tonight, and now they've got everybody still available. And I think everybody is still available for State, too. Tally through, let's see here, Tally through 10 pitches, Tuller through 5, Frister through 19. They could both come back for sure on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, both. They could all come back for sure on Saturday. But Ole Miss has got, you know, everybody still available to them and a 100%, uh, you know, bullpen. So we'll see. So this is something, you know, I, I want to say, like, I think you may, if you listen to today's Sports Talk Mississippi, Thursday Sports Talk Mississippi, I talked about this. I, I never played organized baseball. I'm a person, you know, everything I know about baseball, I learned from other people. I learned from watching the game, of which I've watched thousands in my life. You know, I don't have the, the knowledge that a player would have. I, I'll be the first one to tell you that. You know, it, it's, it's just not the same. And, and look, I, I'm a person that believes, even if you only played in high school, you have enough knowledge of the game to talk intelligently about it. You may not have all the details. You know, it's not like you could, you know, talk to a major league hitter about hitting, but you could talk about hitting, especially to someone like me. And I say that to say, you know, like, when people talk about approach at the plate, I know what approach at the plate is, but can I explain it and, and can I give you the, the inside details of what state's doing wrong at the plate? No. No. All I can do is look at the results. 
and the results say that their approach has not been good this year. I feel like they're not aggressive enough, and that's sort of weird to say when we talked last week about State being overly aggressive in the way they swing. And, I, and those are two different things to me. You can There's a difference between swinging aggressively and batting aggressively. I feel like State looks at too many strikes, looks at too many fastballs, to be totally honest with you. You know? The one thing that happened tonight, and it's happened a few times, State will pinch hit, Von Siebert pinch hit tonight, and strikes out looking. You're up there to hit. Swing the bat. You know, when you're losing, you have to swing the bat. They're not going to walk the bases loaded. The guy hasn't walked anybody all night. They're not going to walk in three runs. Yeah, that just seems improbable. you got to swing the bat at some point. Um, and I just don't feel like State's doing that. And, you know, and so much is made of State and, and Gotro, and they're, they're a two-strike two approach. I'm not a Gotro hater by any stretch of the imagination. Some of the stuff that gets said about him online is just unbelievable. Like, y'all have com- some of y'all have completely forgotten this team won a national championship last year. Completely forgotten that that happened. You know, I understand being disappointed in this team. I get that. I'm disappointed, too. This has been maybe the most disappointing season of MSU baseball ever. I mean, the 08, 09, 10 teams, you knew those teams were going to be bad. You know, 15 was very disappointing. But... Not, I mean, you're coming off a national title. You expect it to be able to have a chance to defend it. That's probably not going to happen. The rate this team is going. But gosh, y'all, the 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 hate that Gotro and Foxall Foxall get is incredible. It really is. I I just, and I don't you know. I understand you want to put the blame somewhere, but my goodness, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's, you can say that they're not performing well without getting into the whole, this guy is a, the worst coach ever. I mean, I, I disagree with that sentiment. I'll just put it that way. Can State turn this around, you know, in the next, you know, 24 hours? Well, A, they have to. They absolutely have to. Um, because if they don't, I, like I said, I, I just don't see them getting into the NCAA tournament. If they're in last place with a you know sub-80 RPI with, what, four series left to go, I can't buy into the idea that they're going to get to 15 and 15 or even to 14 and 16. If they, if they lose this series, let's say they get one on Saturday, they would be, what, 7 and 11? So they would need to go 8 and 4 over the last 12, and that would include a series with Tennessee. And I just, I mean, when you put the numbers out there, when you do the math, it just seems unlikely. Now, if you can win these, if you can win today and win on Saturday and win the series, and then all of a sudden you're eight and uh, 10, uh, now we're talking about what, seven and five? And that just feels a little bit more manageable because A, it's one less win, but B, and more importantly, you feel like you got momentum again. You've won two series in a row. You travel to Missouri, who's not great. Maybe you can win that one. So if you win that one, and you're nine and uh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. You'd be ten and eleven. Well, you would just happen to think you can get, you know, one against Florida, or one against Texas A&M, and two against Florida, and then can you scrape one out against Tennessee at home in the final weekend of the series, or something like that? Those, those at least it feels mathematically possible. But going eight and four with three games against Tennessee, that you're likely to lose all three of them, and you know. They, they would be an underdog in all three games as we sit here today. Our friends at the Golden Moon would not give State the, uh, the edge in that. It's tough. It's tough to see. So State's got to turn it around. they got to get it together very, very quickly, or it's going to be uh, a, a, 
I would say an impossible task to get to the NCAA tournament with a series lost against Ole Miss. And I'll and I'll say this too, and it's true for Ole Miss as well. But everything I'm saying here about state is, is true about Ole Miss. It's not a hundred percent guaranteed that they'll get to the NCAA tournament, even if they win this series. They still have to win seven, eight games in the conference after that. Plus, they can't really afford losses in the non-conference. They got to win on Tuesday when they play Ole Miss again. So we'll see where it takes us. But the Bulldogs tonight, just not good enough and made the one crucial mistake that cost them the game. They got to play clean tomorrow and they got to be better at the plate when we're talking about the top of the order. Can't have another two for 20 night if you want to have any chance to win. First pitch tomorrow is at 6.30. Game's on SEC Network Plus. Uh, my good friend Richard Cross will be on the call. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. State season is, is, is season's kind of on the line. Kind of on the line uh, Friday night in Oxford. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you, beef, it's what's for dinner. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. If you're cooking out this weekend, make it some beef, some steaks, some burgers. I saw a great-looking tri-tip at my grocery store the other day. I may have to go back and pick that up uh, because that thing was looking pretty good. There's just so many great options at the meat counter at the butcher shop when we're talking about beef. So try them and try them all. If you're looking for recipes or if you're looking for more information about the, our, our beef producers here in this state, go to msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. When you're looking for something great, you're looking for a good time, you're looking for a great atmosphere, and most importantly, you're looking for good food. I'm going to tell you that Two Brothers is always a good choice. Great location right there in the heart of the Cotton District, and the food, it just can't be beat. The best barbecue restaurant in the city of Starkville, maybe the best barbecue, one of the best barbecue restaurants in the South, in my opinion. Go check them out. If you haven't ever been to Two Brothers, you have not been to Starkville. I know everybody listening has been, and if you haven't, well, that's on you. You need to get there. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's always easy to say great products and great service. Everybody says it. There's not a business out there that says, oh, yeah, our products suck and our service is worse. Is it? No, I don't think so. But not everybody's telling you the truth when they say great products, great service. Advantage Business Systems is, especially when we're talking about service. Of course, they have a great selection of products, everything your business needs. But, guys, if you run a business and if you've ever had a copier go down, if you've ever had a printer stop working, you know what a pain it is to get somebody out there to fix that for you. That's the difference Advantage Business Systems gives. They're a Mississippi business. They're local. They can be to you, in many cases, less than 24 hours to fix your problem and get your business back up and running. Nobody can afford to wait around 7 to 10 days for the big big box brands to show up with a tech. They just can't have it. It's got to be today. That means it's got to be Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Uh, Saturday, Davis Wade Stadium, uh, I believe it's at 1 o'clock. Mississippi State will hold its final scrimmage, which will, I guess, will become a de facto spring game, as it were, uh, with last week getting canceled. Uh, and then they will wrap up spring practice uh, for 2022. I plan to be at Davis Wade to watch that, and I assume a couple of others will, of us will be there. I assume Paul Jones will be there, and of course, you know, as he doesn't cover baseball, so... May just be a sparse crowd. May just be the two of us, which means you got the two best guys there. I mean, let's come on, me and PJ. We, we'll, we'll we'll hold it down for you. What am I looking for? We talked about it a little bit last week. I guess I can just sort of carry it over, right? That I want to see some of the uh, the guys who are who are replacing guys, right? I want to see 
DeCameron Richardson and Marcus Banks who are replacing uh, Martin Emerson. I want to see Antonio Harmon, who I look at, uh, have a great chance to replace Makai Polk. And I want to see Percy Lewis and Nick Jones and those guys, how they shuffle around the offensive line to replace uh, Charles Cross and Scott Lashley. And then in this one, this being the final scrimmage, I'm really looking to look, going to be looking at Will Rogers. I want to see how sharp he really is in this final scrimmage. I want to see that you know he is running the offense, moving the ball down the field, maybe taking a few more chances vertically. By chances, I don't mean putting the ball into dangerous situations, but taking chances where you know I can fit the ball in there. I got him there. What? Not going to take the safe choice here. I'm going to try to make a big play. If you can do that, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. Uh, to see how he looks. Obviously, I want to see Sawyer Robertson and get a, sort of getting a feel for what you can expect from him uh, in years to come. But Rodgers, you know, you would think normally like the the, the starting quarterback, the incumbent, you wouldn't be too uh, preoccupied with him because you just sort of know what you're getting. But I want to see if he's added anything to the, to the arsenal. Uh, this uh, I shouldn't have said arsenal. It just brings back bad memories of Wednesday. But anyway, I want to see what he what he's got new in the bag. Does he have? Does he have a little bit more oomph in his throws? A little more zip? A little more, you know, loft downfield? And is he still making all the correct reads? You know, you go back to uh, the one scrimmage they had two weeks ago. A couple of fumbles for him. A couple of interceptions for Robertson. Want to see if they can play clean football offensively? You know, this is an offense. It's it's yeah, we saw last year. It's such a grind uh, going down the field. It really is a three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense. It just happens in the air. Turnovers kill this team. You know, all season long, if you go back and look at their losses, turnovers were just a huge issue for them, and basically all of them. Um, so that you know, are they playing clean football there? Offensive line, I mentioned that. You know, they have been doing a lot of switching around, trying to find the right combination. I think you know, if you said how's it going to end up, I think it will go left to right here. That it's probably going to go Lewis, Smith, Sharp, Jones, and then I think it'll be Reese at the right tackle. It could be Cam Jones there and then another guy at guard, uh, maybe Nick Jones there. So you could have Jones and Jones. Sounds like a uh, a bad lawyer, bad lawing, big, bad law firm there. Call us at Jones and Jones. I wouldn't trust Jones and Jones with my case. Um, so I want to see, you know, who, who's getting the most reps there. And, and PJ's real good about keeping up with that because Lord knows I'm not. But how are they shuffling guys around? What are the front five going to look like? Defensively, I feel like they're, they're, you're starting to see some of the guys who are going to have some impact this year. I mentioned to Cameron Richardson, Corey Ellington, we've talked about him. Jackie Matthews was good in practice the other day, according to the, the notes on 24-7. Uh, Deshaun Page, when I was out there two Saturdays ago, was making plays and, and, and showing out a little bit. Um, you've got some, some new guys out there who look like they're going to take steps forward this year. And then when you combine that with guys like Jet Johnson and Buki Watson, Crumity, uh, when you get Jordan Davis back, you know what you have with Forbes. It's the makings of, of not only a solid defense, but I think can be a good defense, a top half of the SEC, top 40, top 35 kind of defense. And if you have that, you have the opportunity to win a lot of games. You know, this offense, I, I feel like they're going to take a step forward. I feel like they're going to – oh, my God, one of the worst Ole Miss fans in the world just texted me. Let's see what he had to say. I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get his text. I don't get it. So we'll just move on. Uh, anywho, 
Made me lose my thought, that guy. Oh, God, I hate him. I shouldn't have read the, t- the, the tweet or the text. Anyway, I feel like, you know, this offense is going to take a step forward. They took a st- step forward last year, right? They, they were clearly, clearly better from 20 to 21. It, with what they bring back, it's just reasonable. Now, I'm not going to say – I shouldn't say reasonable because it was reasonable to assume that James, Hancock, and Tanner would all be better this year, and so far they haven't been. That's fine. But it's still reasonable to assume that Rodgers and all these receivers coming back and both running backs, that if the tackles are just good, not great, good, you're going to be better offensively. You're going to be more efficient. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more this year. I think that Leach saw last year that he, you know, this offense can be super effective when it comes to uh, the running game. They're going to be better. And so if they're better offensively and you have a top 35 defense, which would be better defensively, then an extra win or two should just come naturally. It should come without a whole lot of effort, you know, in that in that situation. So There it is. That's what's going to end up having. That's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, come Saturday uh, for for Mississippi State in that final scrimmage. Again, it is open to the public. Uh, it is open uh, to all comers. I think one o'clock. I have. Let me. I might need to double check that. But pretty sure that that's correct. Let's see here if it says here on Twitter. Twitter anywhere? I'm not seeing it. I'm pretty sure it's one o'clock. If it's not, I'll, t- I'll the time will get tweeted out between now and then, and I'll retweet it. So if you don't follow me on Twitter already, please do so at Brian Haydad. Um, and then you know, that's that as far as the uh, the spring goes. The second spring of uh, Mike Leach. Still think they're going to be okay. Still think they're going to be you know. We talked on, uh, on I think it was Wednesday, Sports Talk Mississippi about the ceilings of State and Ole Miss. I really think those two teams are very linked uh, ceiling-wise. I do think that they are uh, maybe one game different, and that game will be the Egg Bowl. I could see Ole Miss being 7-5. and five. Let's put it like this. I could see the winner of that game being 8-4 and four and the loser being 7-5 and five really, really easily. Um, I feel like State's ceiling is probably 9 Saying ten and only losing to Alabama, Georgia, I don't know that they'll be that clean all year. You know, we always talk about Leach and they all he always loses a game. Nine is probably about the as well as they can do. And look, who's not taking that? I can tell you nine and three right now. Uh, you would take it. You would take it. And then Ole Miss. It, it depends on the quarterback position. You know, this is something that I, when I talk to Richard and Michael, I don't think they take this into account enough. That when you lose a franchise quarterback, you take a step back. Dak Prescott, State went from nine wins to six wins. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, when they lost Chad Kelly, they were much worse the next year. Um, offensively, I think they went from well, they were they were only five and seven, but he got hurt what midway through the year, and then defensively they were just so poor. But offensively, they were a lot worse the next year. Um, I'm trying to think with Ole Miss, Eli Manning. They you know they went from ten wins to four wins at Ole Miss. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, Fitzgerald. State went from you know eight wins to six wins. And Fitzgerald is not even you know I love Nick Fitzgerald, but franchise quarterback. I mean, it's you know it's just not. It's maybe that's not the right term for him, but he was obviously one of MSU's greatest quarterbacks. When you lose a guy like Matt Corral, you're going to take a step back unless you're somehow somehow getting. The exact same production. And Altmeyer and Dart, I'm sure they're talented guys, 
but it seems unlikely they're going to match what Corral did. So it's just, you know, I'm not even being biased when I say if they take a step back to 7-5, and five, think about what a rebuilding year at State and Ole Miss used to be. It used to be, okay, well, we'd be happy to win three. Now, you know, 7-5, and five, go to a decent bowl game, you got to take that. I do, I do. Now, that said, if those two guys aren't any good, then Ole Miss could struggle. And I think their schedule's easy enough to get them to six, seven wins. But you never know, you know. Could they lose? Like, I'm trying to, they're their non-conference. I mean, they play at Georgia Tech. I don't see them losing that game. They play Troy. I don't see them losing. And the other two are super easy. They also, you know, they, obviously they have Vanderbilt. But Kentucky, that's, I mean, that's a toss-up game. Kentucky's a good football team. Um, you know, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn. And then, you know, Alabama uh, and uh, State. So you'll see. We'll see. For State, I mean, you know, I scratch off Alabama and Georgia. LSU is so interesting to me because it's early in the season. I know it's on the road, but LSU may not have figured anything out at that point. And, of course, State won down there two years ago. Um, I don't think they'll play, you know, only man man coverage against Mississippi State this year. That lesson has probably been learned down there. But... It, it just you know, state should come in with some momentum. They should be two and zero. They have an opportunity to go down to LSU and win. If they do that, they they have a great chance to be a nine and three football team. You know, Arkansas has kind of had state's number under Sam Pittman, so we'll see if state can break that uh that up this year. A and M is going to be you know a good team. State beat them last year. No reason you can't do it again. I think state state will beat Auburn. State hasn't won its last three trips up to Kentucky. I think that'll be a close game. It won't be like it was Leach's first year. But again, if State loses that game, I'm not going to be you know be totally surprised. But if State wins, I'm not going to be totally surprised. If State has a bunch of toss ups is basically what we're getting, and so does Ole Miss. So does Ole Miss. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. All right, guys. Uh, going to be a, obviously it's a little short podcast because it's just me. I don't have anybody to bounce anything off of. Um, don't forget we have a podcast Sunday evening, Monday morning, and then I'll be out for the rest of the week taking a little vacation um, and down to the Gulf Coast. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so guys, enjoy your weekend get to cook out, great. If you get to go to Oxford, hopefully the the Bulldogs will win. Don't forget today on Sports Talk Mississippi, speaking of being in Oxford, I will be there along with Richard Cross at the Visit Oxford right off the square. Uh, They're getting ready for double-decker and all that stuff, so we will be out there today. If you're in in, in Oxford and you're for the game or whatever, you want to come by and say hello, please do so. Always love meeting you guys. And uh, like I said, back on Sunday with another Thunder and Lightning, and then we'll be out for the week. So enjoy your weekend. Robbie and I will be back with you very, very soon. For my podcast partner, Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.